seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Strange Behaviour, better known as Dead Kids, is uh, one of the films on the Section 3 list that makes you wonder kind of why it's on there at all, apart from maybe it's a um, rather extreme name of Dead Kids. Quite obvious in terms of what the content might be. It's a slasher film as well, but despite all that, it's uh, actually seen as being a kind of a seminal bit of cinema, a certainly important one, it being considered uh, the first horror film produced in New Zealand. And because of that, and because it's actually not too bad a film, it's got a bit of a cult following as well. The film actually, though, is a, fil- a, um, a co-production between America, Australia and New Zealand, and was planned to be part of a trilogy. However... Although Strange Behaviour was a low-key success, its sequel, or, or second part, Strange Invaders, was not. The film is designed to nod towards uh, 1950s paranoia, sci-fi horror. It does that in a way which uh, includes um, a conspiracy, and uh, old people, or the Families kind of like kind of uh, manipulating children. There's an idea that people aren't cra- properly in control of themselves, which is kind of a classic 50s trope. And uh, kind of that nostalgia for the 50s, obviously, was perhaps unsurprisingly was quite common at the time. Indeed, um, another film which kind of came out later, which uh, had similar kind of uh, nostalgia for the 50s, would be uh, The Blob as well, the, uh, the remake of that. And much like The Blob, Dead Kids uh, is far more extreme or more, more violent than its uh, original source or its original influences in this case. Here, in the peaceful Midwestern town of Galesburg, nothing much ever happens. Morning, Mr. McNally. The kids go to an ordinary college. However, this is an ordinary professor. He's dead. And they help science with a few harmless experiments. Two sessions, two days, a hundred bucks a day. They always welcome the chance for new blood. Ah! You kill little rabbits back there. I tell you, it was different parts of different bodies in different rooms. One nurse, you couldn't find all the parts. Had to make up kind of a composite of bits and pieces missing from all the other bodies. Find out who did this, I swear to God. With this little pill, the world will be yours for the next few days. Feel a little high. Am I supposed to feel a little high? She was dead. 
and he's dead, and the dead don't come back and take revenge. Oh, where's Mr. Brady? Get him. They dyed his hair, then they scraped it off. They fed him till he couldn't move, and they starved him. They cut him open twice, once to take out a pancreas, once to take out a lung. They even refrigerated him once. Would you like to order now? I'll have the liver, please. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'd, I'd like to know a little more about what's going on before you start. This is a very, very exciting experiment. What did they do to you up there? What are those needles for? What are you sticking me with? She said it was like she was drowning. We invite you to come with us on a terrifying experiment. Help! Somebody! Help! It started all over again. An experiment with dead kids. But very strange looking people at this party. I'm not wearing any underwear. <laughs> They'll scare the living daylights out of you. Fiona Lewis, Michael Murphy, Louise Fletcher, and Dan Shore. So the story is about a load of teenage boys in Illinois, of all places, who are being killed by uh, by different people, apparently. The victims are sons of men who had collaborated with uh, a local policeman to investigate unethical experiments by a university professor, played by Arthur Diggum. A man who still seemingly gives his lectures uh, to students via old 16mm uh, footage this university professor's research appears to be getting continued as well by uh, one of the other lecturers at the uni. What we find out is that this is part of a conspiracy to control young people's minds and in this case turn them into programmed killers. Will, they, uh, will our plucky young lads uh, discover the plot? And be able to escape their harsh and inenviable fate. Um, probably. <laughs> so the film feels quite lush and quite... Um, let us go down the phrase, and I don't like to use it, a proper film. It feels quite Hollywoodish, despite the fact that obviously New Zealand passing for Illinois... The film was actually directed by uh, Michael Lachlan, and uh, Lachlan uh, was from Illinois, so it's, and he wrote, co-wrote it as well. So it's not that surprising that you know that's the basis for the place. Indeed, he's probably no doubt taking from his uh, memories of uh, his own childhood, and uh, you know how weird and shitty that kind of life was. In fairness, although he did write this and write Strange Invaders and Mesmerise in 86 and directed all those three films, um, he's probably better known as a producer for uh, Two Lane Blacktop back from 1971. 
again, kind of um, a film that um, very much looks, you know, at the you know a youth, etc. And um, you know, it's quite obviously two-way blacktops, quite a, um, a renegade kind of um, unusual film, not unusual, but you know, it's it's a film of its time, shall we say, not in a bad way, but you know, in a you know what was cool then kind of way. It fits in, you know, with you know that boom in youth-orientated films that followed Bonnie and Clyde and The Graduate and Easy Ride in the late 1960s, you know, the, the new Hollywood filmmakers, and that's fair enough. It was also co-written with uh, Bill Condon, who um, is uh, now very famous as a, well, very famous, but yeah, he's very famous as a screenwriter, working in things like Kinsey, Gods and Monsters, Dream Girls, uh, wrote the screenplay for Chicago for the 2002 version. Uh, he directed a couple of t- episodes of uh, Twilight, but you know that's not uh, that's not hold that against him. And the the, um, the Sparkly Vampire series, and um, worked on um, the live action version of Disney's Beauty and the Beast as well. So he's an Oscar winner, certainly for Gods and Monsters, and was nominated for his screenplay for Chicago as well. So good man. The um, the actors, the young actors, will almost certainly um, you know look familiar to you as well. In particular, probably Daniel Shaw, who played uh, Ram and Tron, and then Billy the Kid. He, if sorry, he was Billy the Kid in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and uh, almost certainly as well Mark McClure, who uh, most famously probably. In uh, is Jimmy Olsen in the Superman series uh, back from the seventies, the Christopher Reeve ones, and he's also you know he appeared in Freaky Friday, both Freaky Friday films for that matter. So the film has a, a certain degree of um, weight to it in terms of uh, quality, shall we say? It also benefits from a, a Tangerine Dream soundtrack as well, so uh, a really great early 80s electronica soundtrack which matches its the film's sci-fi leanings as well as its uh, kind of slasher tone so i mean for tangerine dream i mean they were um, i mean they've done all sorts of soundtracks i mean there was electronic music band founded in 67 in fact and it has insane numbers of different uh, members and lineups and all sorts of stuff over the years you know, basically a sitting around psychedelic kraut rock, and um, when they signed to Virgin, they kind of became a big deal. Um, and throughout the eighties, they composed scores for more than twenty films. And uh, I can guarantee that you've um, seen a uh, a film with uh, with a Tangerine Dream soundtrack, whether that be uh, Risky Business or Sorcerer or Thief or Near Dark, or if you're a computer game character, they also compose a soundtrack store for Grand Theft Auto V. And their influence has been very um, you know, widely felt. So when you think about, you know, a lot of people talk about John Carpenter when they talk about the um, Stranger Things soundtrack. But Tangerine Dream as well was obviously a key uh, influence on the on the sounds on, that al- on that, those albums. And um, indeed, in 2000... In, 2016, they kind of did their own version of the Stranger Things sound, uh, theme music, kind of almost like cycling around again in terms of 
uh, you know, creating music for uh, something that was influenced by their music. And even though um, it's found a member, Edgar Froch has died. Actually, he died um, fucking it's twenty five, so five years ago now. Um, the band kind of continue to work together to um, kind of and you know play live. Although, um, obviously, you know whether or not you think that still classes Tangerine Dream about that core founding member is up to you, man. And the film kind of sits comfortably and also references um, films from the 1950s as well. So one of the key elements we could talk about is the fact that our killer um, wears a mask, which is uh, the same as uh, Tor Johnson. Um, Although we haven't spoken about this podcast, you probably know Tor Johnson from um, uh, Edward's films in particular. um, He's kind of the big lunking... uh, zombie slash police officer in Plan 9 from Outer Space. So why was it shot in New Zealand? Well, apparently, and I, I, I struggle to believe this, although I might be wrong, um, they couldn't find anywhere that looked enough like Illinois in Illinois. <laughs> so they went to fucking New Zealand. <laughs> fucking, how many hundreds of miles is that? Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, um, you know, it... it it's a what it does is provide a kind of unusual feel to it. It it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like small town America. It doesn't feel, but it does feel kind of offish, strange, unusual. And as we say, Bill Condon and uh, Michael uh, Lachlan are both uh, from Illinois as well. Now, when we look at uh, the film, that kind of was its. A sequel, it kind of it's second of the trilogy, and it's a uh, tribute to sci-fi films, Strange Invaders. It was uh, designed as a um, a nod to um, far more uh, alien invasion style stuff, so in particular invasion of the body snatchers. And again, we see nineteen fifties uh, small uh, small uh, place again, written by Condon. And Lachlan um, of a small town, and they kind of get taken over by a race of aliens. Aliens that can kind of fire lasers out of their body and stuff like that. And while the reviews were okay, not in the fact that this is obviously pastiche and uh, a little unusual, um, Strange Invaders um, from um, 1983 was a box office disappointment. Um, the audiences had obviously moved away from a wish of uh, watching um, science fiction, uh, alien invasion movies, you know, E.T. has, has notoriously uh, killed the thing in, in, the, in, in the year earlier. It's possibly not that surprising, therefore, that the uh, the film struggled after that, but people just kind of had a bit more fatigue. They wanted, you know, they wanted their aliens to be a bit more cutesy, glowing fingers and helping kids rather than willing to shoot laser beams out of their eyeballs. Anyway, moving back to Strange Behaviour. The film actually, though, received a uh, quite favourable reviews on release. New York Times said that the uh, it was slow, but you know there's some good um, some good performances in it, and its uh, nod to the Mad Scientist movie was you know enjoyable, which felt original and offbeat because uh, mainly because it was resurrecting something that wasn't being seen a lot of the time. 
obviously maybe when we look at that and that favourable review, it's possibly not there for that surprise. And when we look at Strange Invaders, and it doesn't quite have the same clout because, you know, obviously there were a lot of those films knocking about at the time. So if you think if for those that kind of got it, the um, the film was a, a success and you know was was enjoyable. If you, I think if, if and this is true now, if you know if you just go well, this is just a rehash of nineteen fifties tropes. You're probably not going to get the most out of it. But um, certainly, and what I, we haven't mentioned here is the film, mainly due to its use of pastiche is. You know, it's quite funny. As I say, it's it's a little slow, but it is quite amusing, and um, it's more watchable than uh, than a lot of other films. So the film was released in um, nineteen eighty two uh, under IFS VHS uncut, and um, was uh, seized uh, uh, under section three uh, as a uh, you know under belief that it you know. It could be potentially prone to seizure uh, for being potentially obscene, um, and obviously, you know, somebody's somebody at some point has kind of thrown their hands up and walked away. Um, it was re-released in 1986 uh, by Mighty Fair under the title "Small Town Massacre," and the um, film is now released again, but this time it's been cut. So it was released in 1993 um, on Vipco under the title Human Experiments. I know not that Human Experiments, a different one. We know we've spoken about the old Human Experiments from 1980. 2004, it was released under uh, by Inter- International Trading under the title Strange Behaviour. And 2008 was released uh, by Optimum DVD titled Dead Kids. Now, it's been cut as I said, since 1993, for a scene of vertical wrist slashing, uh, which is classed as an imitable, in, 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 an imitable um, suicide technique. That's something that still pops up to this day. I think we mentioned um, Soulmate, which was a few years ago now, but um, also was cut and could have been banned uh, before a uh, suicide reference back in the day. So the film itself still has a um, a degree of, um, you know, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because obviously, like, you know, in the 80s, they were like, fuck it, it's just show kids. Show people how to fucking slash the wrist, that's fine. And then in the 90s, uh, social and political ideas changed, I suppose you could say, and they've decided that that's not the way forwards. Those people are just last the wrist, lads. That's a shocker. Anyway. So, yeah, so I think personally, you know, it is classed a bit of an Ausploitation film because there's some Australian money in there. Um... You know, and it's a it's a it's a surprisingly fun film. I mean, if you're into that kind of 1950s um, nostalgia stuff, well, maybe not nostalgia for yourself, <laughs> but you know, um, I mean, fucking hell, being nostalgia for me dad, and he's uh, he's nearly eighty. Um, then you know, this is a good uh, this is a good shout. Strange behavior. 
movie of mystery, horror, and suspense. A clear and unnatural picture begins to form in my mind. They're gonna strap me into some chair and pull through with my gray Would you just wait a minute and listen to me? Two sessions, two days, a hundred bucks a day. Behavior is nothing more than the sum of the mechanical activities of our bodies. I was just wondering, are you doing anything tonight? Oh, he's dead. And the dead don't come back and take revenge. your views on our work in the past, Mr. Brady. Save the crap for somebody else. You got a list of people in the program. Now just relax, Pete. It'll be over in no time. It started all over again. Let me go! Pete, I... Let me go! Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastypodcast at gmail.com. You can get me at Twitter. It's at orange underscore monkey. Or you can go to either of the websites, thelasthorrorpodcast.com or videonastypodcast.com and leave a message on any of those. And I will attempt or I will uh, get back to you. So apologies for the delay. Um life <laughs> training for a marathon takes up a lot of time i've discovered it so <laughs> really is eating away my weekends um but anyway um next week next time if i'm being more honest uh we'll be dealing with uh, eating alive not the toby hooper one we've already done that one um but the umberto lenzi um cannibal horror film from 1980, so, um, you know, a bit on the racist side, if I'm not going to lie to you, but, you know, we'll live. Um, until then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.